Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome to episode number 26 of Tell Me Your Tales. My name's Brady Trelfel, and what I do on this podcast is I talk to people about their life, about their training, about what makes them tick, um, yeah, all those kind of things. This podcast in particular, though, is the third installment of the Road to Berlin Marathon podcast series with myself, Julian Spence, and Bradley Croker. We're going to be running the Berlin Marathon in a bit over 13 and a half weeks, and um, yeah, we kind of talk about our training for the last week. We talk about what's coming up next. We go off on all kinds of tangents, talking about all things running and um, people and training sessions. And yeah, this is a conversation I thoroughly enjoyed recording. There's some good banter in there. There's some good laughs, and I hope you find them entertaining. It's really interesting, the dynamic between the three, and I really appreciate Brad and Julian's time um, in recording these ones, especially because we never start on time, so it always takes up a couple of extra minutes, and I had a few technical issues with this episode, so um, yeah, appreciate the fact that they give up their time to provide this content for you, the listener, um, free of charge every single week. Got a couple of favours to ask for you, of you, I suppose, this week though. First things first is, if you could share this show with anyone who you think may be interested in it, that would be fantastic. I'm asking you to do that because this is the third installment of this show, and um, I think if people try to jump on board when we're up to episode number 10 or whatever of the road to Berlin, they might find it probably not as appealing. So I'm trying to get as many people on this journey with us um, as possible, and I guess you kind of got to be on the journey early to really understand what we're trying to give you, the content and the running journey towards the race as it is. It's almost like we're writing a chapter of a book each week and we um, release that, but deep down we're not really sure what's going to happen in the next week. We kind of spoke about if one of us gets injured or training and, yeah, how it's going to pan out. And at the end of the day, we're all going to be hopefully touch wood we're all going to be on the start line together but yeah one of us is going to finish in front of the other one and the other one's going to probably finish in front of the other one obviously i don't think we're going to cross the line or holding hands so i would be super um grateful if you could copy the link to this podcast show share on social media um let's really try and numbers are fantastic don't get me wrong but it'd be always good to uh get this into more people's ears so if the listeners i know who you are the numbers show me i don't know exactly who you are but i know whereabouts in australia and the world you're located i can see how many people download this show so if you could tell one friend each that would be amazing 
The second favor I want to ask of you is, if you love training for marathons in winter more than you do summer, could you please let Julian Spence know? Hit him up on Facebook, comment on one of his Strava runs, um, get onto him on Twitter or Instagram, because I think there's a bit of an argument in this podcast, and I think I am... Yeah, definitely right in saying that training for marathons is much better in the winter than it is in the summer. He didn't give me much in response though, so if you agree with me, really back me up here and send him a bit of a message saying that you're on my side and not his. Thanks for that. A few quick plugs. Plugs? Yeah, maybe not plugs, but a few quick uh, pieces of feedback and assistance requesting for you, the listener. Thanks. Enjoy this show, Road to Berlin 3. Myself, Brady Trowful, Julian Spence, and Bradley Croker. Cheers, guys. Rightio, episode three, the journey to, no, the road to Berlin. Welcome, fellas. Thanks, Brady. Thanks, Brady. Good to be back on air. Yeah, another good week of feedback as well. I even had a kid from um, a secondary school send me an email saying he's enjoying the show, which is good. King of the kids, mate. King of the kids, not just in the nine to five, hey? After hours as well. Have you been getting many, a lot of questions? Yeah, heaps of questions. That's why I sent through that question today. So I thought we'd address that one today and then um, chuck one in every week. Yeah. Which is good, which is good. Brad, do you want to kick off? 1450 park run. Yeah, yep. So uh, did the no watch. Did you? Um, yeah, yep. Uh, and so yeah, it was better than I expected. Um, so that's only seven seconds outside my best, which was you know, five weeks before I ran sub 30 on the road for 10K. And it's only 25 seconds outside um, Marty Dent's course record. So, um, yeah, I was pr- pretty happy with the run. Um, and what I really liked about the no watch was I just um, obviously focused a bit more on – I guess my form and how I felt internally and gauge my effort based on that, as opposed to often in park run, I'll look down and if I'm running slower than I want to run, I'll just push it regardless of how I'm feeling. Um, and often it comes back to bite me in the bum, the back end. Whereas on Saturday, I guess I had no idea what pace I was running at. So anytime I felt like I was just getting a bit sloppy with my form and just starting to get a little bit um, uh, anaerobic, I'd just back it off a little bit. And then I felt like I could sort of run, um, you know, run that pace for 10K. And, um, yeah, so last K was my quickest, so it's always a good sign. Um, yeah, it was like a 252 yeah. or something, wasn't it? Uh, 54, I think. So it was all, oh, all pretty just pretty 54. even. Like the, the second K is always the slowest. There's a, there's a little hill there. So I think I was like, you know, 259, 303, and then the next two Ks were sort of 250. 8, 257 and yeah, 254 ish to close. So yeah, good sign. Out the front nice by job. yourself. Um, yeah, I had uh, a mate of mine, Jimmy Barker. He um he's pretty incredible actually. He's 40 and he runs three times a week and he still manages to run 15, 20 odd park run. So uh, he um he comes out with me for the first couple of k and then just tries to hang on yeah, <laughs> for as long right. as he can. How good uh, is that? But he has run. He has run 64 for a half back in, you know, back in sort of early 2000s. So yeah, he's a beautiful. pretty good athlete. Take us through the rest of the week. Um, yes, yeah, so Tuesday I had uh, four by two and a half K reps out at Stromlo cross country course off 90 seconds recovery. Um, and those ones, like I've never done that session before. Normally it's 
just three reps off like a 10 minute cycle. So I'll get like two and a half minutes recovery instead of 90. Um, but that went, they all went pretty well. Um, I don't look, I don't rely on my Garmin much out there because um, it's pretty generous. It'll often say that you're running three minute Ks when I know I'm not running three minute Ks. So um, I just go more off what I can run a lap in. And so they, they range between 747 and 736, which um, I think it's just, just short of two and a half K, but I guess with the hills and the grass, um, it's probably equivalent to what I would be running on the road for two and a half K. Um, so that was Tuesday. Wednesday was an hour 45 out at um, this nature reserve, which you know is quite undulating. Uh, did that with Dan Wallace, actually a Kiwi guy who uh, ran 219 in Chicago last year, and he's actually running Berlin as well. So just another one to add to the to the train yeah there's a few of us yeah so that was um 24k um sort of 419s which felt felt really relaxed and controlled which is good uh thursday i did 10 by a minute hard with then a minute sort of slow jog in between just on a bike path and averaged sort of 250 pace for the one minute hard and about 440s for the one minute sort of easy jog um, I made the I made the eighth rep sort of 245 pace and then back nine and ten off and um, definitely felt pretty comfortable through nine and ten having done that eighth one a bit quicker. Um, yeah, and then Saturday was uh, was park run, um, which went well, and then capped off the week with uh, 32 and a half k at 408s um, over some undulating trails and. That was a that, that was a slog. Um, my calves pulled up really sore from the park run, just because I normally do all my sessions in like the streak sixes, and for the park run I dropped down to like the LT threes and they just um, yeah just smashed my calves. So between my calves being sore, my hip being a little bit tight, and just being fatigued from Saturday, um, I was pretty happy to to end that run yesterday. Um, yeah, which. Ended up being a total week of 168k, so yeah, it was pretty good. Good week. Mm, yeah, week. Like, ticked all ticked all the boxes. Um, yeah, still pretty happy. Yeah, right. That hips um, all good. Um, yeah, it was a bit ordinary. I had treatment yesterday afternoon, and uh, it's just a bit temperamental. It's um, it was a bit ordinary this morning, but then this afternoon it was fine. So um, I just need to just need to keep an eye on it. I think. Yeah, right. And Julian, what about you, mate? Um, <clears throat> uh, Tuesday, oh, well, Monday I just jogged a few times. Um, I th- Tuesday I did a monofartlek around the lake and I got under 19 minutes for the lake, so that's always a goal for that session. Is that it's... how you guys judge it? Like it's what you do the lap <clears throat> in, not how far you travel in the 20 minutes? Yeah, pretty much, like... As soon as you go past the lap, you just you don't cruise, but you don't care anymore. Yeah. So you get an you get an idea of how the lap went. It's not very good, actually. I don't like to do that because you just create these records you're always pushing for, and um, it's not a good thing to do it every week. I might go back there and do it every six weeks or something, but um, so I won't do it tomorrow because I know what I'm going to try to be beating, which is last week's time. Yeah. Um, do you, mono, uh, do you mono without a watch? Yeah, <laughs> that's a good one. 
Uh, I actually looked at my watch. I set it up. I've got it set up where it beeps at you, like counts you down five, four, three, two, one, stop or rest, and then counts you in as well. Um, so you don't actually have to look at your watch. You can just go on the beeps. Yeah. Uh, it's good. It's really handy. It's probably like the best thing about the Garmin's, I reckon. Yeah, yeah. I used to do that as well. Do you just go on effort though, like when you're doing a monofile, like just run as hard as you can until it beeps again? Yeah. Yep. Um, I I did glance down. I had the pace for the lap showing a few times, and um, I was testing those shoes out again. So I wanted to kind of know how fast I was going and what pace they felt good at. Um, and I f yeah, I had some good reps through the middle of the session, and it got a bit harder towards the end. You know, the end of 15 seconds. But when you see the end of the lake, you just start going for it because you want to get under 20 minutes or 19 minutes or whatever. Um, so the, the 15 ons and 15 offs kind of get a bit blurry. Yeah. It just turns into an all-out effort by the end sometimes. Yeah, if you've got someone to chase down or if, you're, um, or if you've got a distance you want to hit or whatever. Yeah. How'd that stack up to what you've done in the past down there? Uh, it's my best monitor there, actually. Yeah, right. So... Yeah, we, I've done a few two-minute-on, one-minute-off fartleks there that have been faster for the lake, but that was my best mono by probably seven seconds for the lake, um, which was good because I went hard in the gym lately, and it's, I've just been really sore. Not sore, but fatigued. Um, so I'm just accepting that the workouts aren't going to be as good for about four or five weeks. So good sign. Yeah, um, awesome. Do you do that in a group with people or...? No, nah, that was by myself. We had a cracker of a day. It was about, oh, I don't know, 17 degrees or something. It was just beautiful. Um, sun was out and I was had a day. Oh, Tuesdays are my days off, so I kind of just went out there at about 1 p.m. and short sleeve shirt, which is pretty rare these days, so that was good. Uh, then on Wednesday, I just... Oh, yeah, I'm missing Wednesday mid-longs for the gym at the moment, so... I've, I've managed to change some appointments around. So now Wednesday, like I, I only got a couple of easier runs in on Wednesday. Um, and Thursday I did, I was late out of work. So <clears throat> I was planning on getting out at about 4.45. Um, but a customer comes in and go through a fitting and this was a bit tricky, this fitting. So it, it ended up taking about 50 minutes. So by the time I got out, it was pitch black. And I was meeting Dolce, a mate. He was coming around and he just—he had to jog 12K to warm up before I was ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> and we just jogged to the track and I did um, six 300s, all in 46, and then jogged home. So it was, I wanted to do probably more 300s, um, maybe not as quick, but we just, we were in a bit of a rush by that stage. Um, then on Saturday, we did Mount Buninyong, which is like classic Ballarat session. You park at the IBM car park and you run down to the bottom of Mount Buninyong and then it's about, oh, I think it's about 5.8K or so, all the way up. And there's really no uh, let-offs. It's just up for about 5.8K, I think, 5.8. Um, and I did that with... Nath Hardigan and um, Jace again, but it's just such a hard session. It's it's like a threshold all uphill without any uh, 
quiet patches. It just destroys you. So I ran 22-12. No, no, sorry, 22-22. Skills, he ran 21-19, which is a really good effort. He's only broken 21 like three times. Troopy has a record up there in 1950. Um, Collis has run like 1955 or something like that, I think. Um, and then there's not... The, they, the Ballarat boys always tell the stories of the European guys or the overseas guys who come and do bunny the first week they're there and they just get destroyed by all the locals because it's such a hard... You really need to know the hill well. Um, and Skills is about as good as anyone, really. Like, he can, he just knows that hill. So we took off together. There's a turn-off off the highway, Mount Bunyong Road, and that's about 2K. And you kind of know where you are at that point. Um, you know what time it is. And then you there's a really hard spot at about 5K where it just gets quite steep. And then once you get over that, it's really runnable to the finish. Um, so that's tough. But, yeah, and then on Sunday, just got out for – I wanted to go 30K, but I did 27. I was feeling a bit shit. Yeah, right. Just tired in the legs and stuff or fatigue or yeah. what's going on? Legs, yeah, tired in the legs. Just It wasn't that bad. I was, you know, when all the boys are finishing up and you've got to get out there for the extra 15 minutes. And I think yeah, <laughs> the yeah. last 10 minutes I was just, everyone, like, skills, they just convinced me not to go. And I was, I thought, oh, well, what's 3K now? It's only a month after a marathon. We're yeah, talking yeah. about three kilometres in the, the whole scheme of things. Like, for me, feeling shit and not enjoying it I, I just can it and go home and um do the th- 3k some other time <laughs> and you ran um in the arvo too don't you sunday arvos yeah i love it it's it's something that i've only done the last six months and it just you feel them mate you start and you feel terrible the first k you feel achy and sore like so sore by the end you're jumping out of your skin like it's it's I look at it as active recovery rather than anything else. It just gets the blood going around, gets the legs moving, and it's just a recovery session for me. Yeah, that's good. That's a steady week, though. How far did you cover in that monofart leg? Uh, I don't even know. Uh, well, 5.95 is the lake, and I yeah. probably went like, oh, shit. I don't know. I averaged 310 Yeah. if that that would probably tell you, would it? Yeah, that yeah, that's always because I always do it in different spots. So I always like to know what I average and how far it is. So that makes sense if you average uh, three ten. What is that? Well, when you, uh, sorry, when you're doing uh, Mona and you like, I guess you know you've got your goal of getting the lap done in nineteen minutes. As you said before, do, do you find the um the floats and the efforts get a bit blurry, or you, you actually do make sure that you slow down for the floats? Yeah, I well, I definitely slow down because I go when I do monitor, I go really hard on the ons. So yeah. there's there's no real um, there's no real chance for me not to slow down. I'm kind of pushing the the limits of how far I can how fast I can run in in a minute. Um, so yeah, I need to slow down. It's just and that's probably where you lose. That's where I lose it. I try to always keep my ons really good. And if I need to slow down, I slow my rest, all my floats down a little bit. Yeah. I, um, I, the, sorry, mate. Go on. Oh, you go. You go. I, I think I'm only doing 
this short amount of speed work and I'm doing so much long stuff, like I need to make these uh, quality. Yeah. Um, yeah, the first time I, I was introduced to the Monofartlek through um, Ken Green's squad. And um, so I've always done it. I've never done the 15s. I've always just done 630s um, because I just figured with the 15s, like I just wouldn't, I don't know, I reckon I'd just run the same pace the whole whole last, you know, minute or whatever. <laughs> yeah. So I've always done it, uh, yeah, 630s instead, which, um, yeah, Mono probably wouldn't be too impressed with. Couldn't do that in Ballarat, mate. You would, no. you would, you would not get away with that. <laughs> Does Mona ever say like try stay in this range for the ons and this range for the offs or anything like that? No, he no. just says. <laughs> uh, I, a funny conversation I had with him once was, he said, "Oh, I always just make sure that when I hear like when I when it's time to go, you go. You make sure you have a concerted change in pace between on and off." And, I'm, and I thought, oh, yeah, that's reasonable. So then I said, oh, so you do your ons pretty hard. And he goes, yep, I go flat out on the ons. And so I thought, oh, well, it makes sense that you your floats would be more like a rest period. He's like, no, nope, pretty close to flat out on the on- offs as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. I went to a stage not so long ago where I was like, Ons had to be under, you know, 255 to three minute pace, but then I'd try float in 315 to 320. But it just turned into, yeah, just looking at the watch too much and it was almost too structured. And yeah, it felt like you were doing actual repeats rather than a fart leg. By the time the GPS catches up in 30 seconds, you're, uh, you're starting the next rep anyway. Yeah, that can sometimes be a good thing though, because it makes you look like you're going quicker than you are. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Jules, um, Mount, Mount Bunyong, how often – so was that a session that Mona used to do a lot? No, I don't think Mona did it a lot. Um, it's – it was troopy. I think maybe he did do it a lot, but I know that it was more like a um, – uh, I think it was when he was sort of finishing up is that when is when they started to get into Bunyong a little more. Um, and, and would that be like a once-a-month type thing? It should be, but – some of the boys have done it a bit too much. Uh, I, I reckon they, they go there too often because mm-hmm. it's pretty specific type workout, like one uphill rep, hard, 6K. For me, it, it's the hardest workout that I've ever done, like as a workout. You just get to the top and you are so lactic and your, your leg, you're not just lactic, but your legs are so sore from going uphill as hard as you can that it, it destroys you. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to, I save that once or twice and build up. I've only done it three times and each, it, it scares me. It's one of those ones that you, you get scared of. <laughs> yeah. Right. Didn't want to do it three times in a row before comrades. Yeah. He did it three times drive down. Yeah. So it was a good session because his last one was his quickest too, I think. Yeah. Good going. Cause what you're talking about four minute K pace, aren't you? Around about that, around about that. Yeah, must be tough. Must be. Oh, tough. It's, it's 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 tough. Like the first time I did it, I didn't know what to expect, so I had my I ran my best time. Um, then you go back and you're like, oh, I got to slow down a bit. And then it's it we do it like a handicap system normally. So the guy, say, there's a fifteen thirty guy, he'll go off maybe. 20 seconds before the 15-minute guy, 14.30 guy goes off 
a minute back. So it's there's a lot of competition. It's like a race. I think Skillsy said on the way down, we're running down to the start, and he goes, oh, shit, I forgot my bib. <laughs> hey, that's a good session for him there, off the back of an injury. Oh, he, yeah, he's he's cut, he's turned a corner. He um, He's fit. Yeah, yeah. Is he racing anytime soon? Uh, I think he's doing City to Surf, so that's his that's his goal. Fifteen k Windery, Lake Windery. Um, I think he's going to go do Melbourne half. Uh, he he doesn't tell anyone this stuff, so he's going to be pissed. Yeah, he's doing another one. I won't tell you about it. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's an exclusive. Tell me a tales exclusive. Got it. He doesn't, mate. He doesn't even know what a podcast is, no, so yeah. he's not. Yeah, that's all good. Your secret safe here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Over to my week, I had a pretty pretty good week. A kind of uh, easy hour on the Monday, which was good. Did a three k time trial that I was talking about. It wasn't a time trial. I was meant to be under eight fifty nine, and I um, teed up a mate to come out and pace me on the bike. He rocks up. He's in his work slacks, white shirt, wool and jumper. Pulls his wife's bike out of the uh, back of the ute. It's got a kid seat in the back, and then he gets his kid out of the car to put into the kid seat in the back. And I'm just like, Faz, you know, we want to go up kind of 20k an hour here. But he was, um, he was good. Looked at the watch after about 500 meters and saw that we're on kind of 250k pace, and just didn't look at it again and made sure held it um steady and hit 841. So I was pretty happy to. Oh, yeah, get around impressive. in that time, which was good, yeah, because it's about the first thing I've hit that's been super fast in a long time. So I think it was something like 247, 253-ish, 256 or 58, whatever that adds up to. So um, that was a real good confidence booster coming into Launceston 10K mm. on the um, on the Sunday. Wednesday rolled um, 21K at about 417, so 90 minutes. It was real cold Wednesday morning. Was it cold up your way, Brad? Oh, we've been having like minus four. It was yeah. minus four this morning when I ran. Far out. What about you, Julian? Cold down there? Yeah, mate. It's it's cold. Yeah. Um, it's it's tights and long sleeves every day. Yeah. Yeah. I had two pairs of gloves on. Like you know the dodgy like running gloves. They just do nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's you need the mittens. I need, like, motorbike gloves or something. Like, I don't know. It's just snow gloves. Yeah. Got to get... You stocking them in the store? Oh, we got about... We've sold about 30 pairs of gloves the last few weeks, so it's not bad. Yeah. It's not bad when it gets cold. People need stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was Wednesday. Um, no PM run on Wednesday. Either. Then Thursday, on a day off work, did... Um, sometimes before a race, we do this kick down 5K tempo, so... The plan was to sit between 310s and 315s and then just run the last K as fast as you can, but don't let your legs go lactic. So kind of ran 305, 310, 312, 315, and then 252 for the last K. So that was, um, and I think I ran 1537. So by that, I was well and truly over the depressive park runs from the last couple of weeks, pretty much um, knowing that I could go quicker than that. And then... Friday was an easy 12k. Saturday I was back in Bendigo before going to the airport and just in an easy 8k with strides. And then um Launceston 10k yesterday in 30.59. So sub 31 achieved just. But um, good work. Uh, nice one, mate. It's good time. Good, good dip. 
It was a good, yeah. Well, I stopped the watch, and on the watch, I had um, 31.00. And on the clock next to the finish line, it said 31.01. And I was just <laughs> like, oh, no. Because it's hardly ever the official results quicker than your watch. So, um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was stoked when I checked the official. But it was, I don't know, it would have been in the probably the back of my mind, I was saying I wanted to break 31, thinking I could be able to go out and run, you know, 30-40 or 30-45 and sub-31 would be worst-case scenario. But um, it was tough. Like, I worked worked hard and ran pretty even and, yeah, I probably spent a bit too long. I was kind of in charge. I wasn't in charge, but I was at the front of the second pack for probably the first 3 or 4K and that probably sucked a bit out of me. And then um, Dave Thomas took off and probably, yeah, took off a bit too quick around that pace and time of the race. And, yeah, tucked in with a guy from Queensland. I didn't know him. And, um, yeah, me and him had a good battle to the finish line, which was good. Awesome event down there, though. You boys been down there? No. Uh, yeah, I did it, uh, I think, the second year it was on. Um, I wasn't in great shape, but um, yeah, they, they certainly looked after us, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, it was good going. Like The accommodation's good and just heaps of um, mass... Oh, it's, it's kind of hard to win anything down there because there's so many elite guys, but um, yeah, super, super fast, super good race. Finished 11th, which is always uh, a bit annoying when they pay down a 10th, but um, <laughs> yeah, missed out on a bit of prize money, but that's okay. You but, don't um, need any money, mate. Nah, nah, yeah. nah, not worry. We're not doing it for the money. But um, yeah, on, it was <laughs> it was a good tick. It ticked the box. Like wasn't you know super convincing, but I'm happy with you know 13 and a half weeks to go, knowing that I can run a sub 31 10k because that's yeah 305 pace is a lot slower, a lot quicker than what we want to be running when we get to Berlin. Yeah, I'd be happy to be there right now. I'd be happy to be at sub 31. That's good. Yeah, and it was good because it was pretty even. Like. I think when I had low testosterone and stuff at the start of the year, yeah, I felt really weak in the second half of races, whereas I think I went oh, 15 25 and then 15 34 for the splits and you know finished in 302 and it didn't fall apart whereas most of my races I'd probably done, yeah, with Berlin last year included, probably the last 6 to 12 months I've just faded and I don't know if it's just because I was going out too fast but it was good kind of changing the goalpost, not trying to break 30 minutes or 30-30 and kind of having a realistic time to shoot for and keeping it even across the board. Yeah, good play. Yeah, so, um, yeah, in a good spot and pulled up all right. Got out for an hour today and everything feels good. So, um, yeah, fingers crossed the body feels that way. Yeah, yeah, that's... You know when those race, like... like like how Brad is with his calves and you are with like, oh, you've pulled up okay, but I just can't stand missing training for a race that doesn't mean that much. It yeah. just, I just can't handle it. So uh, like Brad's talking about his shoes before. Uh, I'll just wear a big shoe. I'll wear a shoe, might not feel as fast or whatever, but I know I can run later that day and not feel much the next day. That's, that's my philosophy on that. If it if I'm not gunning for a time, it's not a even close to being a, an A race or whatever. That's I'm gonna I'm gonna take every step that I can to feel good the next day. Yeah, yeah. You're a smart man. I'm um, I'm betting that you're more likely to be on the start line than I am there at Berlin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll uh, see. No, but it's 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 100 correct. And like I've got sort of a park run scheduled because 
was chatting to my coach and I'm not a big fan of racing a lot in the lead up to a marathon because for me there is always that risk of breaking down after it because I do, I don't know I I do find this extra level in races or things that I get really pumped up for than I do in training and I tend to probably just overreach and I'm sore and um, and then obviously want to get back into training and and that's when I guess there's the risk of get, getting injured so I think moving forward my park runs in the future I'll, I'll do them in a heavier shoe and probably not just push quite as hard you know like I'm going to get close to the same benefit running a 15.10 as I am a 14.50, but I'll probably pull up a hell of a lot better. So I might yeah. change my approach. And at the end of the day, I'm training for a marathon. I'm not training for a 5K, so I don't really need to bang out a super quick 5K at park run. So Yeah, that's what, what I thought what's... about that 31-minute 10K. I was like, well, you know, it's still 15 seconds a K quicker than what I want to run the marathon at. So I'm kind of happy I'm in that ballpark rather than being annoyed that I haven't run 30, you know, 30, 20 or 30, 30. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's good. Hey, um, the one, one of the questions I wanted to address tonight, somebody wrote in, they wanted to know why we've chosen to run the Berlin Marathon. So um, might throw to you first, Julian. Uh, yeah, I, you sent that through before and I, and I was running going, hey, I, like, I can't really remember. So, just hold on a sec. Just a romantic hey, Brett, getaway. Why didn't we choose Berlin for? Uh, yeah, maybe just a good time of the year. Um, I can't really. I don't really know. I know that one of one of the big. I'm not sure whether we decided before or after, but Bree got um, picked out in the lottery, like to run a debut marathon. So, like, that's. That confirmed it all, but I'm pretty sure I had to enter before that anyway. I so, think you would have entered at the same – yeah, you would have entered at the same time that she entered the lottery. Yeah. Well, there's nothing uh, – there's nothing, like, sentimental about it. So, yeah, no. I don't have a good answer. Good answer. <laughs> Brad, what about you? Um, I guess a few reasons. So, got married – last year and couldn't take a honeymoon just through work situation so we decided that we're going to go to Europe this year um, and then sort of started thinking about it I'm like uh, I said to Viv I'm like what do you reckon about Berlin Marathon and she was keen so we thought we'd um, do Berlin and then tack a holiday on the end of it Um, and that's the reason I guess why I then ran Melbourne was to get a get a qualifying time because I hadn't run a marathon since 2013, um, so I ticked that box. And then Viv was lucky enough to get a um, an entry in the lottery as well. So um, that'll be her second marathon because she did Canberra just to try and because because she hasn't run a marathon. I think that means that she would have been put sort of in the last starting wave. Uh, so yeah. we wanted to try and get a, a time on the board so that she could at least move up into a wave that was more suitable for her. Um, so that's one reason. I guess uh, we're probably looking to start a family soon. So the opportunities to run 180-plus K a week um, and travel overseas may be limited in the next few years. And I guess lastly as well, you know, you invest so much time and effort and energy into running and uh, – you know why not sort of try and try and go to a place where you can run a time that you're that's I guess indicative of, of your ability 
Um, like all things being equal, I'm pretty sure that you're going to run faster in Berlin than anywhere in Australia. If you know, assuming conditions are exactly the same on all the courses and just with the groups to run with. So, um, yeah, when I started running, I always wanted to finish with all of my PBs being sort of equivalent of each other. So, um, you know, the longest stuff I do struggle with. So I need all the help I can get. So I figure going to a quick course can only help. So there's a few reasons. Yeah, good answer. Mm. And I was a bit the same, like obviously the second time around, but we got back last year and I just kind of had that good of experience over there. I couldn't, I probably couldn't see how that could be topped. And um, yeah, it was the start line's awesome. The groups to run in are awesome. The crowds, the people, it's just, um, and one thing for me is that it's a, it had a really good time of the year. It falls in school holidays, so um, I'm on holidays and don't have to worry about taking much time off around that, which is good. And you get to train through our winter. I find it really appealing that you can do all the marathon work when it's really good weather to be doing that training. And um, yeah, it's just perfect, I think. it had such a good experience there last year that I couldn't figure out, I don't know how many marathons I'm going to have in me, so I kind of want to run in a good one and run as fast as I can as it is. So that was um, that was my answer to that question. So you you think it's good to train through winter? Yeah, I, would I do. Way prefer, oh, no, no. No, you're kidding me. You, yeah, but you live in yeah. Ballarat. It's only gets to 25 in summer. No, but it's dark. You first, you, oh, you're a school teacher. Yeah, yeah So you it. knock off at 3.30 That's and then you're running. My kids finish. <laughs> there you go, two hours of daylight. We're doing workouts in the pitch black with headlamps on <laughs> or uh, Saturdays it's like slate rain and it's freezing and you've got tights on trying to do a workout. That's, I, I think, the opposite. I love summer to training. Do you? But I, wish there was a, I wish there was a – well, there is. London would be perfect, I reckon. Train through our summer run London. April. Yeah, I, reckon, I, I definitely reckon there's more risk with – training through winter and then going somewhere where it's potentially going to be warm. Whereas as Jules is saying, if you're training through an Australian summer, you know, you're going to like, but the only risk with that is you cook, like you just cook yourself because, you know, especially if you're trying to hit certain times and it's 35 degrees, and that's where you need to switch off the garment and run to feel, but you certainly get yourself in really good shape. And then when you go somewhere that's cold, you absolutely kill it, I reckon. Yeah. Oh, I, I 100%. Agree. The amount of times that a Ballarat, Geelong, Melbourne runner has gone to the Gold Coast and complained that it was so hot after 30K and they just overheated and dehydrated or whatever, like it's it's a classic example of that happening. Um, gold, like I look at Gold Coast and go, fuck, it's going to be 20 degrees. It hasn't been 20 degrees here and I haven't felt that temperature in four months. It's just totally different. So I think Japan, like coming out of our winter running in Japan or something would be perfect or out of our summer running in Japan as well. So you go, like Brad um, said, running like 30-degree days and then hitting a marathon at 10 degrees, that's going to feel good. That's mm. what I did in my first one. I, I hit snow. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <Really>? yeah. <laughs> Nate, that, that I remember – I remember asking Troopy, oh, what's a good uh, marathon to do first up? And he said, oh, Nagano's a good one. Um, the only problem is it tends, to, it can sometimes be a little bit hot there, but you're fine because you've just come out of the Australian summer. I go over there and they have this, like, freak snowstorm. 
<laughs> yeah, that'll happen. Just wait till you see Berlin with my run. We're going to have some... <laughs> This is going to be funny. Hey, Captain Positivity, you're usually on the flip side of these conversations. Uh, you know what? You know Great Ocean Road. You know Melbourne last year. Yeah, It's yeah. just... It's it's comical, really. But back to those, yeah, training in summer. How would you bang out like a you know stimulated thirty k, twenty five k effort at marathon pace in summer? I do think it's do it at six a.m. Yeah, yeah it's and dark, it, and you got to run on like the roads and stuff. It's it's easy to do it at. Tw- I actually make I make pace adjustments for how cold it is here. So if it's below like eight degrees. All of a sudden, I'll just say, okay, this is the equivalent of it being 30 degrees or whatever. Um, and I find it harder to get going when it's cold. I love training in the heat. Nah, I'm the opposite. We'll have to put a face What do you think I've moved to Ballarat? Yeah. Yeah, I reckon, Jules, you're suited to the heat because you, you don't, you're, seem, to me, you seem to be the type of runner that you don't get hung up on splits. So it's perfect for you because you just run to feel. Whereas I, whereas I think like I'm a guy that sort of tends to get a bit hung up on splits sometimes. And so, um, training in summer, there's that risk there of, you know, trying to hit certain times and just cook, just cooking yourself. Yeah. Uh, I think that's why it works well for you. Yep. And I, I love getting the rig out too. Yeah. What about snakes? I hate snakes on your runs. Like it's good in winter, not worrying about snakes. Yeah, it's funny down here. Ballarat never. I didn't see a snake all summer, all year, and, and no one ever. No one really does. It's bizarre. But it down at um, Geelong, they're, they're everywhere. Yeah, hate worrying about snakes. Yeah, no, they're the worst. They yeah. are, I'm just shit scared of snakes. Yeah, so am I. It's just like running, doing your long runs hard enough as it is without worrying about twenty snakes jumping out of you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, you're going to die on the side of the track and no one's going to find you because no one goes that far out in the bush in a Chukamoama. It's just it's, it's a nightmare summer training. Well, I actually had my phone for the first time with me tonight because I listened to my first podcast. Yeah, I saw that on Strava. First time I took my um, phone running, probably ever. And um, I'd got bloody Ash Watson's podcast going. <laughs> and I'm running along going... I hear these fucking stories every Sunday and now I have to listen to it on a Monday night in the dark. I thought, how do I, how do I skip this? There's like, 20, yeah, there's like 20, 25 episodes or whatever. And you download <laughs> the training partner. I the one that I hear every week. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I've got to go back and um, find something. What's the most interesting one so far? Probably oh. Jul- Julian Spence, I think. I really enjoyed oh. that one. I got that on. That's in the car. <laughs> That's on repeat. John Dutton had some good marathon sessions he shared last week. You'd be interested in a bit of that. Uh, I heard a bit. Mate. I heard a bit. Yeah. Um, some yeah. Good I, in there. Some yeah. monsters. Um, yeah, no, he's going real well. Yep. Yep. Um, no, nah, that's, uh, that's good, fellas. I think we'll cap it there. 40 minutes goes pretty quick. I'm hoping a whole stack of people hear your rubbish talk, though, about training in summers better than winter and just um, let me know on the Facebook or something like that just so I can win this mm-hmm. argument. Mate, you would be looking for every chance to put tights and a long sleeve on. I want to get it out. Yeah. <laughs> you feel a bit tougher in winter too, the old tights and like little beanies and like gloves and stuff. It's, yeah, summer. Mm-hmm. Every flog's run in summer. It's just like, yeah, it's only the tough in winter. 
Yeah, there's a good sorts are out around the lake in summer. That's all. <laughs> Rightio. Good work, fellas. What's on for this week? Give me a quick, um, a quick. what's the highlights of training for the week? Um, fartlek, speed, tempo, long run. Yeah, good. <laughs> Brad, are you going to do um, anything yeah, marathon for... pace stuff related for this pacing job? Yeah, so this week was meant to be, the, well, is the start of my sort of marathon prep where I, get, I think once uh, once a week, so three weeks out of the four, I've got one session a week that's really marathon specific. So this week it's um, two by 10K with a K recovery. So that's scheduled for Friday. So I actually think the way my calves are at the moment, I was going to do a sort of a, a fartlecky type session tomorrow, like one, two, three, four, three, two, one. But um, my coach and I decided that we're better off just probably jogging through, um, not risking, you know, my calf and that sort of thing. Um, get, getting on top of the hip the first half of the week and then hitting that session on Friday. Um, and hopefully a, a week of about 175 to 180. Um, but that's, that's the focus, basically mileage and that two by 10K. Yeah. Hey, um, what pace are you going to do those 10K is that? Um, I don't have a lot of expectation just because it's so far out. I, I just want to feel good. So I'm thinking anywhere between, I'd say it'll be somewhere 33, 30 to 34 minutes for the first one and then maybe float a K in about four minutes and then see how I feel the second one, hopefully go a little bit faster. But, um, yeah, it'll still work out at, at a half marathon in, should be under 72 minutes which is a minute faster than what we have to run on the Gold Coast. Yeah, that's going to come around pretty quick, that Gold Coast race. Yeah, or well, is it uh, less than two weeks now? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's yeah. good. That'd be a good session. Bit of, bit of work at marathon yeah. pace. Yeah, so, um, yeah, we'll see how it, how it goes. Yeah. I've never done it before. Yeah. that's, that's um, We haven't referred to Josh Harris yet in the podcast, so we'll just get a quick plug for Josh Harris in there. That's his kind of training session. Yeah, yeah, I just don't. I just do about two minutes slower. <laughs> um, I'm going to do something pretty, pretty similar. See how the legs feel tomorrow. I might do my Wednesday midweek long run tomorrow, just so I don't have to get up super early on um, Wednesday morning and run in the dark. Cause I hate running in running in winter, but um, just to make sure my legs pull up alright. And then Thursday, I'm going to do a marathon session as well. Haven't worked it out yet though. Saturday, I think I'm doing Monofart Lake, and then Sunday, 35k, which should be good. So, um, yeah, we'll talk talk all about this again next week. Sounds good. Thanks for the chat, right boys. Thanks, fellas. Yep. Stay in Have one piece. One. See you, too. boys. See you. It's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.